Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. You know, I always thought of myself as a big football fan, and especially a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And you guys know that, you hear me on the air, but I think I met my match because this guy is in the Hall of Fame. It's coming up as our guest today. Harv Aronson joins us in just a moment to tell us his story. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another episode where we have a guest on talking about another interesting aspect of football. And uh, this one's going to be very entertaining. It's a, a gentleman that comes from Western Pennsylvania, like yours truly. His name is Harv Aronson, and he's from the Pittsburgh area. Uh, attended uh, Slippery Rock University. Boo, because uh, that's one of our <laughs> rivals of Edinburgh University in the PSAC. But hey, we, we like Harv anyway, and we brought him on. Harv, welcome to the pig pen. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm, I really appreciate it. Yeah, most definitely. Now, Harv, you've got a, a really interesting background, and we're going to get into that in a second with some uh, some great things of, of fandom with the game of football. Uh, but uh, And you, you've really touched a lot of aspects of it. But I guess we want to start off with, you know, what brought you into uh, being a fan of football to uh, be writing books and articles and doing some of the things, projects that you're doing today? Well, my history, actually, I always um, give credit to why I became a sports fan to the one and only Roberto Clemente. Um, when I was 12 years old, uh, and I can still see it in the back of my mind, my father's watching television in his bedroom, and it was the 1971 World Series. And I walked in and Roberto Clemente's the plate, he hits a home run. And from there forward, I was a baseball fan, sports fan, and Roberto Clemente became my idol. Um, and then I just started following sports. So that was 1971. I've been watching sports and following ever since. Um, always had a passion for, I was actually, my original goal was to be a sports broadcaster. That didn't work out, but um, I have a minor in journalism, so I wrote. Uh, for the high school newspaper sports and then I when I got to Slippery Rock yeah I was writing for their their school newspaper Uh, that's where I got involved in radio I was uh, the sports uh, a sports broadcaster for them as well as a DJ and then I became sports director for their college station which was WRCK Um, and so that was my goal it didn't work out but I kept writing after that and so I've written for a a lot of different uh, websites I've had uh, editorial letters published in a lot of different things. Uh, and that's really, that's my passion is to write. And so I used to actually have my own website called Steelers Hotline. It was dedicated just to the Steelers. That was for about 15 years. I wrote that website. Um, and then I just started uh, writing for other people. 
So I've written for a number of different sites currently writing for a website called Abstract Sports. Um, they cover all different sports. Um, and it's just whatever you want to write about. Uh, the owner of that site, Kyle Richards, will allow me to, to write any kind of article I want. Um, I write on a quarterly basis for Gridiron Greats magazine, which you're familiar with. Um, all football stories there. Uh, and then recently the YouTube channel that I started up and doing videos on sports history, primarily 60s, 70s, 80s, but uh, occasionally I'll throw in something from something from a different part of uh, history in a different era. Now, now, listeners, just a note to you, you may have noticed on, on the front pages of Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch, we've been posting some of Harv's videos uh, on there talking about uh, some relevant sports like he's talking about. They're very interesting, very historic, and uh, so, some great uh, video and some some pics in there. So we appreciate your, your passion for the sports history, and uh, and thanks for letting us share that with uh, everybody out there. Yeah, I mean, I just I love sports history. Uh, I still watch sports today, don't get me wrong, but... Um... I just really feel fortunate having grown up in the seventies, mostly, you know, I was born in 59, but, and I don't remember a whole lot from the sixties, but during the seventies, you know, I was more or less young, young uh, teenager. And then through my teen years, um, that's where I really gained a lot of my uh, knowledge of sports and retained a lot of that. But I just really, I always say, I feel lucky that I grew up in that era in the seventies because it was such a great decade for sports, especially in Pittsburgh, obviously. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I, uh, same same era. So I grew up that same thing, being a teenager in the 70s was, was a pretty cool thing. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit with that with sure. that piece of information you just gave us, that you, mm -hmm. you love all sports. Okay, yeah. you, you have to take uh, any Pirates, Steelers, Penguins, uh, Pitt Panthers out of the mix, anything with the city of Pittsburgh out of the mix. What's mm -hmm. your most uh, memorable moment of watching sports and it can be professional college, high school, but take, take the, the Pittsburgh uh, teams out of it. Okay. So we're going to take Pittsburgh out of it. Um, I could go with a lot of different sports. I mean, well, I guess what I'd have to say is I went to the, I think it was the U S open or PGA championship Oakmont 1978. I think it was, um, and so I had never been to a golf event. I mean, I love all sports. I like watching golf. I mean, and I thank Tiger Woods for a lot of that because he really not only spurned my interest, but everybody's, I mean, he's probably the best thing ever happened to golf. Absolutely. Um, but he's made the sport exciting, but back then my next door neighbor up the street was a golfer, uh, at North Hills high school. He went to Ohio state on a scholarship for golfing. He wanted to make the PGA. Uh, he never did make it. He came close, but he got on the Canadian golf tour. Um, his name was Dan Plazarski. So Dan and I decided to go to the Oakmont uh, Open or PGA. I can't remember which one it was now. But we went uh, just to the final round. Um, and he just kind of led the way because he knew how golf, golf game of golf works and how to follow it. And I swear to this day, that was one of the most exciting events I've ever seen. I didn't realize how much fun it would be to watch a professional golf match, but we had a blast. It was so much fun. And we saw guys like Johnny Miller playing. Um, Jerry Pate, I think, was actually the winner. Jerry Mahaffey, uh, it was between Jerry Mahaffey and Jerry Pate, if I remember correct. They had to go into sudden death, but uh, we had a blast that day, and I, I really enjoyed it. So I do watch golf. I got to see, like, Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer. You know, that's I don't think Nicholas and Palmer were there. 
No, I don't okay. recall, but I know I did. One moment we were watching Johnny Miller tee off, and I, I can still remember it. We were on the the tee off to the side, and he sliced the ball, and you could hear the ball going over our head. And I was like, whoa. And then, actually, it came down to a sudden death playoff on the 18th hole. And when we got to the 18th green, because what we did was we followed – um, a group of golfers, this was his plan, follow a group of golfers. And then when they get to the final hole, we catch up with the leaders and watch the final holes. So when we got to the 18th hole, the, the stands were so packed, we couldn't see anything. So I guess I was about 17, 18, somewhere around there. I said, well, I'm going to miss it. So I climbed up the side of the stands all the way up <laughs> to the top and <laughs> looked down and, I, and it came down to – I, I don't know who was in the lead, but it, it was one stroke difference. And if the guy makes the putt, things over. If he misses, it goes to sudden death. Well, he missed, and everybody just went flying for the first hole, and I never got to see the finish. But yeah, that that was that was a lot of fun. He he didn't miss the fall because somebody was shrieking as they fell off uh, climbing up the back of the bleachers. Did he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I was crazy back then. I mean, it was pretty high up. It was probably a good twenty feet up off the ground. But you know, that, that was when yeah. I was young and athletic. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's go get back into the Pittsburgh uh, swing of things here. Now, you had a website for for fifteen years. You, you wrote mm -hmm. a lot about the Steelers. You're yep. very passionate about the Steelers. And uh, one one year, you were so passionate that uh, it got recognized nationally. And uh, maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about that story. Well, this is this is a fun story. Um, what had happened was Visa Charge Card Company, obviously used to have a contest called the Visa Hall of Fans Award. So every year, and it ran from, I think, 99 through 2005, something like that. So in 99, they created this award that if you wrote an essay on why you should represent your team in the Hall of Fame, they would pick one fan from every team, um, and you're, they would give you a plaque, and they would put that plaque in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And it would stay on display for a year until the next year's winners were presented. So I entered this contest online and forgot all about it. I didn't even realize I had entered a thing by the time I got a call from uh, this advertising agency. And they said, you're a potential winner in the Pittsburgh Steelers for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Visa Hall Fans Contest. I said, oh my God, I forgot I entered that. And they're like, yeah, we'll let you know later this week whether or not you're the winner. I said, yeah, this is cool. So I got a call later in the week. Yeah, you're the winner. I'm like, oh man, what happens now? They said, well, we're going to give you two tickets, uh, field tickets, for a game this Sunday. Uh, they told me, like, on a Friday, so I had to get to Pittsburgh on a, by Sunday. Um, so they said, we're going to give you two field tickets. Before the game starts at the 50-yard line, we're going to present a plaque to you. You'll be on the Jumbotron and all this other stuff. I was like, wow, this is Very crazy. Cool. So I get to the game. Uh, sure enough, they put, us, put me right at the in the end zone, like the first row in the end zone. They came to get me before the, the kickoff and walk out to the 50-yard line. Jerome Bettis is standing there. He was injured at the time. Uh, the president of PNC was the one presenting the award. So we get out to midfield, and he does his little speech, hands me this plaque, and I'm looking up, and I'm on the jumbotron. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I, I, don't, I was like on cloud nine. Um, I guess I would have been, let's see, I would have been 23. I was about uh, 40 years old, something like that. Um, so I got this plaque and I knew people that had season tickets for the Steelers. So I know some people that were in the stands had to have been there and seen it. I hadn't seen it in a long time. Uh, 
<laughs> and I went back to walk to my seat. And I hear people, some people in the fans chanting Harvey, Harvey. I was like, <laughs> I, just, uh, I was out of my mind. So then I get back to my seat. This big guy stands up in front of me and he says, hey, congratulations. He says, I'm Charles Davis. I played for the Steelers in 1974, won a Super Bowl with him. I was like, OK, <laughs> now a professional wow. football player stopping me and shaking my hand. So I have my picture taken with him. So I thought that was the end of it. Um, and so it turns out that Visa, if your team got to the Super Bowl the year you won it, you get two tickets to the Super Bowl. All expenses paid. Oh, boy. And they, they let me know that. And so I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to go to the Super Bowl because I thought the Steelers were going to make it. Well, this is a year that they lost to New England in the championship game. Um, Cordell Stewart, I think, was the quarterback. And this was the year that Josh Miller punted. And um, Troy Edwards, that's who it was, ran out of bounds on the punt. People may recall that. Right. So they had a repunt. He repunts and Troy Brown, I think it was, uh, returns it for a touchdown. So my heart sank. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm like going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, but it was still fun. So at that point, I said, well, this whole thing's over with. Well, that's not true. So I get a letter in the mail from one of the guys that won it from 99, because I won it in 2001. He tells me all the winners get together every year at the Pro Football Hall of Fame to celebrate and welcome the new members that won the award and everything else. So I said, oh, OK, this isn't really neat. So I go up to Canton in 2002 with all the other winners. Now, not all of them show up, but a lot of them did from previous years. So when I get up there, one of the first people I see is Big Dog from the Cleveland Browns. Oh, yeah. Who is worldly famous. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm among the elite fans here. You know, Big Dog's there. Um, there was a guy by the name of Tim McKernan. He was Barrel Man from Denver. You may have seen him. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Barrel Man was there. Um, there was a guy from the Eagles, Birdman, used to call himself. He was there. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Seahawks. I mean, it, it just goes on and on, all these famous fans. And I'm like, wow, I'm among this big group. And so they actually, at that point, were giving speeches for the Hall of Fame. They would have it on film. You go up, you give a speech, being the fan of the year. Uh, and then they put the plaque on display. And so I'm going through the Hall of Fame, and there's my plaque among everybody else's. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's and that, really, that's, really neat. that's where that story ended. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I got to ask you a question. Okay. We, you know that they had to get a, a bunch of entries in, in there and they probably, a lot of them were saying the same thing. Hey, I, you know, have my rooms at my house decked out in black and gold and I, you know, go to every game and season ticket holder and, you know, whatever, you know, but so what was it that, that put you over the edge? Uh, do you feel as part of your, your essay that you wrote to, to get into the, that's a good question know? because, I really didn't feel like there was anything special about me. I mean, when you're in Steelers Nation, I've always said nobody's better than anybody else because it's such a great fan base. Every Steeler fan's a great Steeler fan. I mean, there's no question about that. It's the best best fan base there is in any sport. But what I wrote about was my website um, and that I used to, and I used to make it a, an annual trip for about four or five straight years going down to Steelers training camp just to watch them. Okay. Um, and I was living in New York at the time, so I had to travel down about eight hours to get to training camp. And I made it a point. I always wanted to be there. So for about four four or five straight years, I would go down there and it, just it was, hang it was out. St. Vincent College in uh, Latrobe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. St. Vincent's. And so I'd go down and try to promote my website. And just it was just 
training camp's a blast. I mean, if you've never been there, you should go. It's just so much fun. Um, and you would think just sitting here watching guys practice is not, you know, not a great thing, but it, it's a lot of fun. And then you can line up along the pathway to go back to the locker room and the guys will stop and they'll sign autographs. They'll stop for photographs and things like that. So Steeler players have always been congenial like that. They're, they're a great bunch of guys, even throughout all the years that they, they've never changed. Well, we're, we're holding out hope this year. Uh, the PFRA conventions in Pittsburgh this year, and we're making a little road trip over to the Latrobe Historical Society on Friday, the July 29th, I think it is. And mm-hmm. uh, we're holding out hope that the, the Steelers training camp, because they haven't announced dates yet, that it'll be that week that they'll they'll be in there. And it's a Friday. So maybe even it's like, uh, you know, serious radios there with, uh, you know, the guys are there doing it because it's the, the night game. Who, who knows? You know, we're hoping something happens and we can see part of training camp uh, while we're in Latrobe. But we get a, a nice tour of the, the Latrobe uh, uh, Museum there with the Latrobe Athletic Association. You know, it's one of the first uh, pro team, the first paid pro football team in uh the world. And uh, so we're hoping that we can see some of that stuff over down there for so the convention. Darren, you've never been to training camp. I have not been to a training camp. Oh my no, gosh, no. man, you got to go. Yeah, I, I, I do have to go. You're right. And it's maybe a lot of fun. Year, maybe I'll get to spend a little bit of time there. So I'm excited about that. So, okay, let, let's get back to, uh, to, to your story though. So you have, you know, this, uh, this award, um, you, you get to meet the other guys and everything. And uh, you, you did something with that knowledge and with these meeting and, uh, you know, talking to these other, other fellows and gal- maybe some, some ladies too, that, uh, have won oh, the yeah, there's, yeah. And you did a little, you took your journalism experience and you did a little writing on that. So why don't you tell us about that project? Okay. So about, uh, 2012 book came out. I decided a couple of years before that. Um, and when you mentioned ladies, yeah, there was, there's another famous Browns fan, Deborah Darnell, Bone Lady. And I don't know if you've ever seen her or not, but she's got her own little Bone Lady, Bone Car, I think she calls it. It's this sedan with a big bone on top of the car. So we, we, we've, here, where I live in Erie, we're 100 miles from Pittsburgh, 100 miles from Cleveland, 100 miles from Pittsburgh. So we're, we're a mixed fan base here. So we get, uh, we get polluted with the Bills and Browns stuff here too in Steelers country. We call it Steelers country, but they, they yeah. claim it otherwise. But uh, yeah. Well, we, it's kind of funny when I met her because the first time I met her, she saw me, she goes, Oh my God, a Steelers fan. And she wears this little skirt with these orange stockings and little bones all over her skirt and shirt and stuff like that. And she goes, Yeah, I got something for you. And she turns around and lifts up her skirt and on her rear end, it says, Steelers suck. Uh, had to get a laugh out of that but uh yeah so i thought it would be a good idea to write bios of all these fans just just the ones that i met in the initial entries in into the hall of fame up to that point like 2010 or so so what i did was i contacted each one of these guys and a lot of my estate friends with it for years Uh, i've lost touch with a lot of them but um, most of them actually, but, um, you know, so I was friends with a lot of them. I had emails for them and everything else. Um, and then there was another guy, you may have seen him, Kansas city fan, uh, Lynn Schmidt goes by weird wolf. I'm sure you've seen him on television. He's got the claws and the face paint and everything else. He helped me get a lot of the emails together. So I told him, I want to write a book profiling all these visa hall of fans award winners. And they were all in agreement. Um, and originally the proceeds were going to go to a cancer foundation 
and they all agreed because we were going to donate money. That's they volunteered to give their information. Um, so the other part was paying for the book, which was really cool because I found a publisher willing to do the book, but we had to come up with the money to pay for the publishing costs. So what we did was a lot of the fans and I was in a Steelers fan club at the time. We all went to our clubs and asked the fans if they'd be willing to throw in a few dollars to help pay for this book. And once you know it, in a matter of weeks, we went above and beyond the number we needed to publish the book. Wow. Um, and one guy that helped a lot, uh, unfortunately and sadly, he died a few years ago, Raider Ron from the Oakland Raiders, um, helped out a lot with his fan base. So I got all their profiles put together and I didn't want to use the NFL too much because I didn't want to go through the legalities of getting permission to mention the NFL and logos and things like that. So we called the book Pro Football's Most Passionate Fans. And basically it's still on Amazon. You can go search for it. You can buy it still. And it just profiles all the um, all the fans that, you know, I decided to put in the book. Now we dedicated the book to Tim McKernan, Barrelman from Denver, because before the, before the book get published, he had passed away uh, unexpectedly. Mm. Actually, he got ill. So I talked to his wife and she wrote the foreword of the book as we dedicated it to him. And then there's several other fans that had passed before the book was published. So they're also there's tributes in the book to them as well. And um, somebody said, this will be a great coffee table book. And the sales didn't really do real well. But you know what? It was fun to do it. I always wanted to write a book. Um, I never thought I'd be able to get one published. And here we go. I had one that is actually out there. So it's a lot. And I do have plans to write more books in the future, for sure, because I enjoyed doing it so much. Well, very cool story. And I, I love, uh, I didn't realize you did it for a charity too. That makes it even that much yeah. greater. So that's, that's a great thing that, that you did and everybody else participated in it. That's uh, excellent. And got the, the whole football community together. When you, when you yeah. get uh, fan bases to do things together, you know, you're doing something special, you know? Well, here, here's the neat thing about that Visa Hall of Fans Award and going to Canton was that when they invited me up there, they had created an organization, which is still in existence. Uh, it's called the, um, Pro Football's Ultimate Fan Association, PFUFA. Um, and I was a member of them for a while. But the cool thing is, is that you go to stadiums, you see these fans fighting like idiots, you know, amongst each other. And we're all in the same same boat trying to get the same thing, we want our team to win. When I got to Canton amongst all these other fans, and they were from every other team, we got along like really well. And no, there was no fighting and no arguing. And everybody just had a great time. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And it, it really was a lot of fun. Okay. Well, that's uh, some excellent stuff there. All right. So you, you got some, some writing projects uh, that you mentioned, your know, gridiron greats and uh, abstract sports is the name of the other site. And, yes. uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so you have those things going on and, uh, and you're making the videos on YouTube, on your YouTube channel. Why don't you give folks the name of the YouTube channel again? So, yeah, it's called sports history. Remembered. You'll easily find it if you put that in, Sports History Remembered. Um, and it's only going to be history. There's not going to be anything on there current. It's always going to be about history. Um, I try to focus on 60s, 70s, 80s, but every once in a while, there'll be something that I can recall from history that I really feel like should be focused on. And we'll have a video on that. Every Wednesday I do on this day in sports, and I'll just look for an event that happened on that day, as you know, you posted on your sites, the John Elway drafting, which happened 
the other day in 1983. Um, and so abstract sports, you know, I'll just write whenever Kyle is very cool about, you know, if I have a topic, he'll publish it. And um, so if I have a good idea for a story, um, I'll write it and send it over to him. And then Gridiron Greats, you know, Bob will tell me in advance, you know, what kind of story he wants for his magazine and I'll write it for him. Uh, I just did one for him on Franco Harris. Um, the next one is going to be um, the relationship between the Steelers and the Bears. Um, and then what I did was I focused on um, the 1970 draft when Terry Bradshaw got drafted. And so I don't know if anybody knows that story, but the Bears and the Steelers had to toss a coin to decide who got the number one pick. And so the Steelers won the coin toss and thus selected Terry Bradshaw. So the story, the article I wrote for Bob is, well, who did Chicago draft and how many quarterbacks they've been through since 1970? Hmm. The Steelers have had far fewer, while the Bears would just have a rotating quarterback situation where they, they could have easily ended up with Terry Bradshaw if they won the coin toss. So a lot of people may not know that, but that's how that number one pick for 1970 was decided. And a couple of those uh, Bears quarterbacks ended up being uh, Steelers reserve quarterbacks. And you have Tom yeah, Zach. Mike Tom Zach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Jim Miller. Jim, yeah, right. So Jim well, Miller. Miller went the other way. He was a Steeler and then went to the Bears. He's yeah, after the Steelers. True. So, interesting. Oh, good stuff. Well, Harv, we really appreciate you coming on here today and sharing your story. Very unique. Uh, we love the passion. We love the, being a, a Pittsburgh fan. That's that's great stuff. And uh, God, we hope to be able to do, collaborate and do some more stuff with you. And we'll keep uh, showing your videos as long as you let us. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You can feel free to post them anytime. I, I really appreciate you guys doing that for me. It helps me and I hope I can help you. I actually... Um, did one today. I don't know if you've seen it today. Uh, I just posted it today, but it was sort of like a, um, a an online resume for myself. And I mentioned all the sites I write for, and I've added all your sites on there, um, Abstract Sports, and it just kind of flashes the logos and then it flashes the URLs for those sites. So if people want to go there, you know, they could actually pause it and be able to grab that URL if they want to go visit any one of those sites. Well, wow, very cool. We appreciate that. We'll, we'll have to make sure we grab that video and embed it. We have a, a little bio going for you on on the website. So when we saw that, if we could put that on or so we'll, we'll include yeah. that too, just so people can learn more about you. And uh, just mm -hmm. uh, listening to this podcast, learn a lot about you. And we really appreciate you sharing uh, your your passion for sports and your your lifelong passion for sports. And uh, yeah, yeah. you're on brother because we love it. And uh, we thank you for joining us today. Yeah. my Sometimes my wife will tell me I'm a walking encyclopedia for sports. <laughs> <laughs> I retain a lot of a lot of knowledge up there. Um, and if anybody out there is a boxing fan or an MMA fan, those are like two of my favorite sports now too. MMA especially. I'm a huge, huge, huge MMA fan. All right, my man. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Have a good evening. It was good talking to you, there. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. 
we invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.